You're listening to the Speechy Side Up podcast, and today I'm joined by Sarah Wu. In this episode, we discuss bilingual speech therapy, what it's like to conduct teletherapy, and her upcoming course. You're listening to the Speechy Side Up podcast. This podcast will cover the flip side of traditional speech and language therapy, so you get inspired and learn from experts in the field. Here is your host, author, AAC specialist, and matcha tea lover, Vanita Litvak. She and her guests are serving up some informative and fun topics in Speechy Side Up. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Speechy Side Up podcast. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. This podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment. You can also follow along on Instagram at Speechy Side Up. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. Today, I'm speaking with teletherapist and bilingual SLP, Sarah Wu. She is a TPT author and YouTuber with a love for diversity. You've likely never met a Sarah like this one. Not only is she fluent in Spanish, but she also has dual citizenship in Australia. Sarah, I'm so excited to learn more about your journey into the field of speech-language pathology. Can you tell us about who you are, what you do today, and how you got there? Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, um, well, I am kind of an interesting person, at least I think I am. Um, I, uh, I was born in Australia, and my dad is Australian, and I have the, and my entire paternal line. Everybody is over there. And my mom is from Wisconsin. So it's so interesting for me to answer that question, you know, wh- who are you or where are you from? Because I kind of feel like it's complicated. <laughs> um, but my, my parents met in Australia. My mom was in college at UW-Madison, and she's a Wisconsinite. And she was an art, art teacher. And so she was finishing up her degree in the 70s and saw an ad uh, like up at the bulletin board and it said teach in Australia there's a shortage of art teachers and different teachers of the arts and she decided to go for it and what I think is so interesting which kind of really sums up her personality is that on the plane to Australia they're literally flying and they start handing out everybody's assignments to where they would end up working so she didn't even know exactly where she was going to be stationed until she was on that plane on the on the way to Australia. Oh, so cool. um, yeah, and my dad was a teacher in that school. So they met and um, got married and I was born there, but they ended up coming back to the United States and I lived all over the country, but I, um, I do consider Wisconsin my home state because I lived there most of the time. But I lived in California and I lived in Washington state so those were very interesting times for, for me as a kid because we just moved all the time while my parents were trying to figure out where they, they wanted to settle. That is such a cool story. Yeah, it's, it's funny because um, as a child, I was pretty shy and I never told anybody about my dad being from Australia because you can hide a lot of things at school. And I just wanted to fit in. So um I was, I, I never wanted to say that my dad was different or, or anything, even though um, he, <laughs> he was different. And there really are a lot of cultural differences between the United States and Australia. And that's something that I, I think really informs my work as a speech pathologist now 
in that I do understand culture, you know, and I'm respectful of cultural differences. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes it's too hard to get over those, as in my parents did end up divorcing. But, you know, I think that it's, it's magical when different cultures come together. And my sister and I came out of that, um, that marriage. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sorry to hear that that happened. But I love how you turn that into a positive. And, you know, you said it informs your respect for other cultures. I can only imagine. And you're right. They're very different. Absolutely. It is really, it's a beautiful country. The people are wonderful. They're welcoming. It's a culture you can't, you can't really describe until you've actually been there. So, yeah, I, I wish I could do a really good Australian accent. And you would think that as a speech pathologist, <laughs> I should be able to do one. But I, I really cannot do a really good Australian accent. I, I don't know. I think that Wisconsin accent is kind of – I'm stuck with that. <laughs> So I'm not from, obviously, I'm not from Wisconsin. Do your friends tell you that you have a mix of the two? Do you have a little bit of an accent that's influenced by the Australian accent? Not now, but when I was a child, I definitely had um, like different things that I would say. You know, growing up with that's who your dad is, um, there would be things I would say. and, And my mom's sister would often make comments about my little Australian accent. But that once I got to school, just like so many kids, once you get to school, you just are kind of assimilation is taking hold. Like you're assimilated and you're right. trying to fit in. Like like I said, for me, I was like painfully shy. I had so much social anxiety. Even through high school and, and a little bit into college, I really struggled with a lot of, uh, you know, social situations, knowing what to say, feeling very self-conscious. Some of that is because we moved so much. I went to three different junior highs and my younger sister went to five different elementary schools just with all the times we, my parents were um, moving. So I really identify with my students that move so much you know, that come and then go and then come back. I, I understand what that's like and on a level that I, I think helps me as a speech pathologist. Yeah, that's interesting that you say that because my parents are divorced as well. So my mom is in Orlando. My dad is in South Florida. I feel like I had that going, you know, growing up as well. But I feel like because of that experience, you're hyper aware of what other people are thinking, what other like people like, you know, and you just want to make sure that you are fitting in because you're always kind of meeting new people. So I totally can relate to that. I haven't moved quite as much as you, but I was definitely back and forth about 50% of the time of my life um, growing up. But now, you know, you kind of grow into your own skin. So you do. Yeah, you do. It's, it's a, but it's wonderful growing up and getting out of those awkward stages. Thank God. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> so we kind of touched on this, but you are bilingual, uh-huh. which is incredible. And you provide bilingual speech therapy and resources. So what are your most popular bilingual resources on TBT? And when I say bilingual, I, I, oh, maybe I did say that you're fluent in Spanish. So we already kind of touched on that. Yes. Right now, something that I have that I think is extremely unique is my Spanish phonology minimal pairs flashcards. 
I don't think there's very much out there for Spanish phonology. And it's something that I really find valuable when I'm working with kids. I, I wish I had been bilingual since birth, but I learned Spanish starting in junior high and I just fell in love with the language and continued on taking it all through high school and all through college and majored in Spanish. So my undergrad is in Spanish and a minor in business. And so I went to UW-Madison in Wisconsin and I, uh, I left, when I, when I graduated, I went and I worked for Kraft Foods in Chicago and that's what brought me in, into the state of Illinois. So I moved here um, when I was 21 to work for Kraft Foods and I, I've, I've moved around as you do in like a metropolitan area, you end up moving around quite a bit, but I've been in Illinois since I'm tw- I was 21 and now I'm 41. So I've done a lot of my growth, like my personal growth here in the state of Illinois. But um, yeah, so I'm one of the people that was kind of, a, I don't want to say non-traditional student. I don't know what the term is, but when you go to get your master's degree in, in speech pathology and you have an undergrad in something else, that's me. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. So what made you decide to go into speech language pathology? Well, you know, I I graduated and I moved to Chicago, started working for Kraft Foods. And I, this is the thing, like, I feel like people should really trust their gut. And it's something that I've learned and I've refined a whole lot more as I've gotten older. But I started working and I knew within three months, it was not right for me. But because of different pressures, um, or feeling like I needed to hang in there, I ended up working for Kraft Foods for four years. Uh, and I, I just, you know, the corporate culture is, it's a completely different experience than the uh, private, you know, the, uh, the public um, sector being, being a school employee. You know, there, there's a, so much more office politics that I found to be at play. Even though you think the school system, there's a ton of politics as well. I felt like there was even more, you know, when I was working at Kraft. And so I, I this is so funny. I feel like um, this is, looking back now, it's so funny, but I had joined um, Junior Achievement when I was a Kraft employee where you go into the schools. I don't know if you have that um, where you are. Have you heard of it? I'm not sure. No, okay. I haven't heard of it, but we might. I just started last year, so I'll probably learn about it at some point. Okay. So it's when like corporations take office professionals and give them uh, a kit and they send them into the classroom in a local school to teach a lesson about business. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, it's really neat. So they sent me to a school which is, is, uh, um, gosh, I even think I've recently heard about the same school that I went to when I was a craft employee, but, um, I went in there and I really liked being in the school environment. I really liked, uh, the kids, even though I knew that I had, I mean, it's so hard behavior management. Imagine somebody who's super young and a business professional trying to teach a class. I mean, it's hysterical to think <laughs> about now, but um, that experience made me think about, you know, working in a school being something that would be more rewarding uh, than working for 
uh, multinational corporations. So I kind of looked around. I saw an article in the paper about speech pathology, and I thought, ooh, that looks interesting. So they have various different like schools have programs for people like me. And here in Illinois, uh, Northern Illinois University has a deficiency program is what they call it. And so you take a year of speech therapy courses at the undergrad level, and then you can go on to the graduate program. And I thought, okay, because I actually had applied to Northwestern and they had accepted me, but I was, you know, I didn't want to jump right into a master's degree on something I knew nothing about. And they would Mm -hmm. catch you up in their program. So I thought the safest bet was to take a year of um, courses at NIU. And and that's what I did. And uh, then I had to decide, you know, different master's programs. And at that point, that's when I went to Northwestern and I got my master's degree in speech therapy. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to start a private practice or see a few clients privately? Maybe you thought about it, but you're not sure where to start. The thought of billing insurance or managing client schedules just seems way too overwhelming. I totally understand because recently I started to consider taking on private clients and got so intimidated by the whole scheduling and billing process. Around that same time, Fusion Web Clinic, a practice management software designed specifically for pediatric therapists, reached out to me to see if they could offer the listeners of this podcast, you, a promotional code. I wanted to check out the software before sharing it with you, and you guys, I was so impressed. A woman named Sarah walked me through the entire program, and apparently they do that for every new client. The software appears to be really user-friendly, and Sarah explained that what differentiates it from other EMR programs is that they offer unlimited support, no setup fees, and the software was developed by an OT and SLP who understand our field. If I do decide to go with an EMR system, it will definitely be Fusion Web Clinic. To learn more and check out Fusion's library of free resources, visit them online at fusionwebclinic.com slash speechysideup. And if you sign up for a free demo of their software, mention speechysideup to receive a $50 credit off your first month of Fusion. That is such a cool story. And, you know, you and your mom have a lot of similarities. You, I like how you talked about trusting your gut because I've also been refining that lately. And it's just amazing what doors open when you trust your gut and also kind of keep an eye out for those signs, I guess you could say. And so your mom did something similar. She took on a job and didn't even know where she was going to end up and ended up meeting your dad and you did something similar with speech language pathology. So that's really cool. Yeah. I mean, and I come from, I come from actually uh, my, both of my parents, even though they both started as teachers, when my dad came to the United States, he ended up going to medical school and he became a doctor. And then when my mom was in her fifties, she said, I've decided I'm going to go to school and become a lawyer. So I, it's funny if I tell people that I'm the daughter of two teachers, I get a different reaction than if I tell people <laughs> I'm the daughter of a doctor and a lawyer. Uh, it's amazing. <laughs> I know. Wow. So yeah, my family is pretty comfortable with career changes and doing something different when you're unhappy. And that uh, it ended up being part of why I ended up uh, jumping into teletherapy. 
because I had done 10 years in the schools. And I was, although my last school that I had been in for the two years prior to switching over to teletherapy was my very best experience. I was on a team with two monolingual SLPs and we, I, I had the best caseload in that every day I spent an hour in two different, um, each in uh, two bilingual intensive kindergarten programs where I would co-treat with the OT and we just planned some really great lessons. And then the rest of my day was focused on bilingual students in the school. They ended up redistricting and all my bilingual students were almost all gone. And then they decided the bilingual intensive kindergarten program was something they didn't want to support anymore, which was a huge loss. And uh, they said, we're going to put all those kids just in a K-2 room. And so they turned to me, and I, because I was experiencing quite a lot of anxiety with that change. And they said, Sarah, we're going to put you in a middle school. <laughs> and I'm like, are you kidding me? So I'm like, this is ridiculous. I'm a Spanish speaker. All my experience has been with like young children. This is not what I'm going to do. And so in that moment, I thought, you know what? I'm going to give teletherapy a shot. And now it's been three years of doing teletherapy. And it's been just really, truly such a great experience for me. I can't wait to hear more about it because it's always fascinated me. Mm -hmm. And I've been curious to know what it's like and what SLP should know before they start. So can you talk a little bit to that? Yeah, absolutely. The thing that I think is really great about teletherapy, I I do think you need to have a couple years under your belt before you jump into the like virtual therapy setting because it is different and it's nice for me just to ha- have had 10 years before I jumped into this. So I've got a whole bag of tricks that I've accumulated over the years. <laughs> right. Um and so yeah, I mean, I Most um, teletherapy companies don't have their own software. I know, I think Presence Learning has their own like um, teletherapy software that they use for sessions, but I actually use Zoom. So um, I use the Zoom platform for my all my sessions, and it's great because there's a whiteboard. I can share a, a ton of different PDFs. You could actually choose any range of PDFs that you already have and use those. I have a document camera. I play different videos to show kids things. I use um, TPT materials. I mean, you name it and I use it. And I find that I think my biggest thing when I first jumped into it was I thought that I wouldn't be able to keep the attention of the students. I thought they'd be like running away from a screen, you know? And what was interesting is that, and it's kind of a sad commentary, is that kids are attracted to screens. So even when it's just my face, (laughs) it's something that a kid is still drawn to. And and I, I really, if I have any behavioral problems during my sessions, I just have my aides handle it because they're or in each school, I say plural aids, but at each setting, I as you know, each site, I have um, an aid. So I just say, you know, um, they, I mean, they're right there. So they can even tell, I don't even have to necessarily say um, the student is acting up because they can see. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, they handle all behavior. So, you know, I feel that's why I've said, I've said this to a lot of people that I feel like I'm 
actually doing better therapy than I did in the schools because I would still have to manage behavior and speech therapy all at the same time. But here I just refer all my behavior to my aide and then I'm just doing the therapy. Uh, I find that I find it to be great. <laughs> wow. So do you have like a range of disorders and disabilities that you're treating? Do you find that it's typically either like speech disorders or language or is it like a combination of the two? You know, it's uh, a typical elementary school caseload. Um, okay. Yeah. So uh, it, it's a range of disorders, uh, articulation, language, fluency, students with autism. They have to be pretty, pretty high functioning to be able to, uh, you know, engage with the screen. Sometimes they can be really impulsive with their touching of the screen and that can get in the way of success. But I've been able to do okay with a, a couple different kids with autism, but I think like in terms of an age range, kindergarten is the absolute youngest that I've worked with. And I don't think I'd feel comfortable working with anybody younger than that. Right. Yeah. But uh, I've worked with high school kids and junior high kids, all kids that um, need Spanish support. And uh, that's, I've found it to be just great. I really, really like it. And you would think maybe you wouldn't establish a relationship with kids, but I have one student drew me a picture and my aide mailed it to me and I keep it up on my bulletin board. (laughs) That's so nice. It's like a pin pal. It is. Yeah, it is. It's, it's funny. It is. That's really cool. So do you work for a particular company or is it like your own practice? If you don't mind me asking. Oh no, absolutely. I work for VocoVision. Okay. And I believe they're a division of Sunbelt Staffing. Uh, I have had a great experience with them. I've worked with them this whole three years. And I, however, I would say that if somebody was an experienced therapist and they wanted to have a teletherapy practice, mm-hmm. it's something that they could uh, actually potentially launch on their own. It would take a lot of legwork. At this point, I would feel like I could probably launch my own if I really wanted to. The only problem would be tech support. And that's probably the thing that would stop me from doing it. I really like being able to say to a district if they're having problems, call this number. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. and, and I have weirdly in the thir- my third year, which I just had, I had several different tech issues. And it was really nice that I could just kind of refer that out. So that's great. Yeah. It's not like because of you, you know, the company can take care of it in that case. That's great. Yeah. So when we were planning this episode, you mentioned that you have a membership program. Can you tell us more about it? Yes. Well, I, I launched a membership uh, website back in October, but it was in beta. And I wanted to see how things would go. And um, it went well. I, I pretty much didn't tell anybody except for a, like a segment of my email list, not even like my full email list, because I wanted to try it out. And I'm happy I did that because developing your own website, especially one as complex as a membership, is a whole lot of work. So (laughs) smart. I know. And so now that it's coming to back to school time, my membership 
is open and I'm excited to uh, really start offering speech therapy materials for people who work with bilingual kids because that's that's my focus. Um, it's called Bilingual Speech Therapy Resources and I offer a monthly fee. You get access to a, a growing library of speech therapy materials and now what I have are things in both English and Spanish and some things that are unique. For example, articulation, I would only offer that in Spanish, not like the companion in English because there's a whole host of English articulation speech therapy products, but there's just not enough out there for Spanish. And I'm just, um, so I'm just fully launching it this summer and I'm super excited about it. That is amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. You it know, sounds like a great resource. It's like as a, as a bilingual speech pathologist, you know, I work in Spanish all day and, you know, this, now that I've finished my 13th year I'll, and I'm starting my 14th, I, it's just, that's my biggest challenge. And I think a lot of people who work with bilingual kids, whether they're bilingual speech pathologists or they're monolingual kid, uh, speech pathologists, it's really tough to find stuff in Spanish. And sometimes it's just not even the best stuff when you search the internet. So um, I've had a TPT store and I've had some success with it. Um, it's just my TPT store is just my name, um, Sarah Wu, obviously. But um, I decided to kind of take a really big jump and do a membership site because there's just nothing out there for people like me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You identified a need and created a resource for it. So that's fantastic. Yeah. Great. So I'm also excited to hear about your upcoming course. What is the topic and how can SLP stay tuned? Okay. So I am launching a course and it's called Spanish School for SLPs. And it's really for SLPs who can't speak Spanish or they can't speak Spanish well. And it's got a ton of information about learn, like the basics of Spanish and then also walking you through, um, I mean, I've got a ton of worksheets with all this vocab um, from basic Spanish to uh, words you need in the school environment to words you need in the hospital environment. And then uh, the second half of the course has all your IEP terminology, I'll walk you through how to leave a voicemail in Spanish and then also how to run an IEP in Spanish. And I, you know, I think that's, that's the thing. It's not for bilingual speech pathologists. So it wouldn't be for somebody like me who can speak Spanish fluently because I don't need that support. Um, but it's for people who just want to take that step closer towards um, knowing more about Spanish because like I said, Spanish was my first love. I loved Spanish before I even knew what speech therapy was. And um, part, of, part of that and my love of languages comes from the fact that my maternal grandmother, my mom's mom, was a fluent French speaker. And she, okay. Yeah, and she worked for the League of Nations um, right, right in the 1940s. And she um, just, in, she just would speak French all the time and she put on French records and I was like, wow, that's so cool. I want to, at the time I wanted to learn French, but when I was in junior high, they only had Spanish and German. So I jumped right in into Spanish and it just, it just like, 
it was everything. I loved it. And so when I got to high school and I had the chance to learn French, I was like, forget French. I am learning <laughs> Spanish. I'm going to keep going. And like I said, I, I just took so much that I ended up majoring in it. Um, so it's, it's something like, I just want to share what I know um, from, you know, I, I even took Spanish phonetics in college. So like that's, that was like kind of a, a preview to like my future life. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. But, um, you know, like I said, I didn't even know speech therapy was a thing, but, um, yeah. So, you know, I just want people to feel confident speaking Spanish or learning some Spanish words because like I said, I had all this social anxiety for a huge chunk of my life. And even though I knew Spanish, I didn't ever want to talk. Like I felt, um, I felt like people would judge me if I made a grammatical error. And what that meant is that I missed out on making connections with a whole bunch of people until I got into my 20s. And I just started realizing that if I didn't say anything, I, I mean... I wasn't going to get that connection with somebody. So I had to take risks to learn. And so that's, that's the thing. I, I took a lot, I just jumped right in. And that's the only way to, to really learn is to get some basic words down, um, connect with families, all the families that I've worked with, especially when I first started out and I felt really self-conscious, they were always so nice. This is the, that's the thing about, um, so many families are just so appreciative that you're trying and that you're helping them and they're just kind and, and just love that you're speaking Spanish to them. And um, I just want to share that with more people. That's a really good point. You're right. They do appreciate that you're just trying. I live in the Miami area, so I know what you're talking about. Right. All right. So I'm really excited to jump into our game. We are going to do a little getting to know you. I have my question wheel sitting in front of me, but we're going to do it a little bit different because you are a bilingual therapist. So if you're okay with it, I'm going to ask the answer or the question in English, and then I hope you'll answer in Spanish. And I'm going to try to figure it out, but if not, I'll have you translate it for me. What do you think? Okay. Sounds great. Awesome. Okay. Let me go ahead and spin the wheel. So something you learned last week. Okay, let's see. La semana pasada yo aprendí mucho sobre cómo se comunican personas no verbales. Las personas que yo esto, estaba trabajando con, con ellos la semana pasada es, estoy en una escuela especial para niños que no puedan hablar Y esto es para solamente el verano. Estoy, um, estoy aprendiendo mucho. Okay, so I think I'm, I might have a gist of what you said. So you okay. said like last week you went to a special school and there was, I don't know if you were saying one child or many that didn't have, that couldn't speak at all, but they understood a lot. Um, yes, because I'm working ESY this summer. And, okay. Um, so last week I learned a lot about kids that don't speak much. Okay. It's it's been very interesting this this um, ESY experience. Um, I'm not using my Spanish, but I am learning a ton about like what you do, like with AAC. Okay. Cool. All right. We're off to a good start. That, your Spanish is so good. 
Thank you. That that makes me feel good. I do stumble over my words. At least I felt like I did because I was a little nervous. Let's try another one. All right. Tell me something you listen to. Me gustan los podcasts. Tengo muchos que me gustan uh, escuchar, como por ejemplo los de negocios y los redes sociales. Um, también uh, algunos en español y algo sobre um, como um, algo de como Oprah, me gustan cosas in, um, como inspiracionales, no sé cómo decir esto, pero uh, cosas que me dan como um, un sentimiento muy positivo sobre la vida. Awesome. So you like podcasts and uh-huh. you listed off a couple of different topics, right? So I heard Oprah for sure. Yeah. <laughs> what other topics was I it? Put, uh, I put, or I said, um, uh, business and uh, social media. Um, I, and I said, I tried to say, I, I like inspirational stuff, but something that gives me like a positive feeling like Oprah. Oh, great. Yeah. Perfect. I like that. I love it. It's a great podcast. I always feel so good. I listening to Oprah. Oh my gosh. It is so good. I'm so glad she moved to podcast. Absolutely. All right. Well, this has been so much fun. So if people want to follow along, if they're not already, I'm sure they are, but if they're not, where can they find you? Well, um, so I, I'm on Instagram. It's Sarah Wu SLP. Um, and then I have, I have my regular blog, which is speechisbeautiful.com and my bilingual speech therapy resources.com is also my site that is brand new. So, um, you just, and I'm, oh yeah, I forgot to talk about YouTube. I have a YouTube channel. It's, um, youtube.com slash Sarah Wu SLP. And I liked, I try to do weekly videos about speech therapy topics, as well as videos that you can use in speech therapy. And I typically focus on wordless videos, because then you can narrate over them in the language of choice. So that's what I end up doing. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you for kind of doing the bilingual question and answer on a whim. Uh, (laughs) I thought it was fun. So hopefully the listeners will too. And I hope we get to talk again soon. Did something in this episode really resonate with you? Want to know what other SLPs thought about it too? While you might feel isolated in your work setting, every week you're tuning in with thousands of other SLPs. Crazy, right? You can connect with some of these other SLPs on the private Speechy Side Up Pod Facebook group so you don't have to feel like you're doing this alone. We just ask that you leave a positive review before you request to join. This helps to spread the word and get more interviews with experts in our field. Thank you for listening and I hope to see you on Facebook.